ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The best way to do that is by email, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet to us. Use the... uh, Okay, Miss Twitter. Is it the diocese? Is it hand, your Twitter, Twitter handle? I think so. At SF Diocese. At SF Diocese. Use the hashtag ignition. So that's my illustrious guest co host, Emily Hoffman. Hi, Emily. Hello, Dr. Bergwald. <laughs> Uh, Emily, Emily and I work together. Uh, if, if you haven't had the joy and pleasure of listening to this polished podcast before, um, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult, adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And Emily Hoffman is sitting across from me this week. And you are... Queen's Wave. Giving the Queen's Wave for an audio only. Oh, no shucks. Video I didn't even podcast. think about that. I'm Emily. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I work with Chris in the Office of Discipleship and Evangelization. Um, it's going to be back. I get to be here two episodes in a row. Two in a row. Oh, it's so row. exciting. And so. Um, I love this, by the way. For the you love you love podcast. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just love our like our recording studio. We're so blessed. This is we great. Are. Amen. There's yeah. all this purple foam surrounding us, so that all of the other sounds from yeah. the craziness of this office don't. Yeah, it's it's crazy in here. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. But it's not purple rain. Bill, our recording guy, is almost taking it, a nap. It, it's it's engineer. It's, it, he's not a recording guy. He's an engineer. It's so true. He's our guest engineer. That's so true. Yeah. With the highest IQ of anyone I know. Wow. Wow. Bill's brilliant. I, I want to hear more about that sometime, but not today. <laughs> We're not here to talk about... The guys behind the screen, there's not a screen. The guys behind the desk don't let us talking about them. Usually. Yeah, I and noticed they, that. Yeah. They kind of get weird faces yeah, about it. So we'll stop. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. So, last week, uh, in last week's episode, Emily, you and I um, continued really conversation that we began a couple months ago, yeah. talking about who are we? Yes. And knowing yourself and know thyself. Know thyself. Uh, the Del- the oracle at Delphi, ancient Greece. Um, we talked about Myers Briggs types uh, back in I think May. Um, last week we talked about the the four temperaments. Um, and, and and then for today's episode, as we are sort of planning these these two episodes, we 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 sketched it out and and we ended up last week running out of time. Yeah. There's so, so much. So what we're going to do today is um, maybe you were just, it was an exciting, exciting cliffhanger, you know, to be continued. That's we actually what that I was aiming week. for. I didn't yeah, tell I know, you that, but in my idea, that's what I looked like. So in Myers-Briggs, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a big strong judger. Emily's a perceiver. If you don't know what that means, listen to that podcast from Ooh, a couple months ago. Nice little uh, <laughs> selling point there, Chris. That was good. So I had a plan, Emily, and you messed it up. Yeah, well, we'll just see how it goes. I'm dealing with I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> to turn the That was the epitome corner. of a judger and a perceiver. 
you, so, I had a plan. You messed it up. Yeah, whatever. We'll see whatever. how it goes. So, but what we're looking at in, in last week's and today's episode is the four temperaments. And as you said last week, there's sort of what's underneath the personality types of the that Myers Briggs looks at. This is this is the, the image used of the clay from which our Lord has made us. Yes. Um, and, and and we briefly at the end started looking. We got into. Um, well, the first two, but but I, I'd like to spend more time in this episode really unpacking the four types. So um, if you did hear the last week's episode, we're going to recap. Of recap. Thank you. That's the, I was going to say rewind, but that wasn't the right word. Recap the first two uh, f- first two of these things called temperaments yes. that we're looking yep. at. And then we'll get into the other two and then talk a little bit more about them. So let's, let's in a sense, back up um, and, and talking again about the first temperament, which is choleric. So can you just recap briefly what a choleric is? Yeah. And so for each of these, we're going to, again, look at um, the characteristics of them, the motivations, what they're motivated by. Um, how they react to certain stimulus in their environments, and then strengths and weaknesses. Okay, so great. just to recap for the choleric, the characteristics were that they're extroverted, they're enthusiastic, they're intense, they have a lot of energy, they're strong-willed, um, they're decisive, they're quick-thinking, and they're pretty self-motivated. Okay. Um, they're tending, they tend to be motivated by principles or an idea, an objective, um, versus being motivated by people, and we'll talk more about that. Um when they have a certain thing come up in their life that's exciting or sad or um, creates some type of emotional stimulus, they're going to react quickly and they're going to react intensely for okay. a long duration of time. It's okay. deep and it lasts a long time. Their strengths, they're dynamic, direct, they're confident in their decisions. They're very rational beings. Um, they're hardworking. They make awesome leaders. They're strong leaders. They're productive. Their weaknesses, they tend to be quick to judge. They can be a little bit stubborn. They're often impatient with those that are less talented than them. Cholerics just tend to be talented people. Um, they're domineering, they're prone to pride, and they like to resist vulnerability. Okay, so question. Yeah. Um, and, and the one of the, and, and, and you speculated last week, Pretty confidently, but then less confidently as you talked. I, I don't know which it is. <laughs> about your temperament? About me being, uh, thinking I'm, I'm possibly a, a choleric. The one, You're for sure a choleric. Okay, so, but this, the, the, so you said it looks like our characteristics, our motivations, and how we react. Yep. So with reacting. Yes. Can you give an example of what you mean? I, I mean, and, and, and like a real, can you think of... Uh, a movie character, uh, somebody, I don't know if you want to use people we know or not. Um, I'll leave that up to you and your discretion. But somebody who reacts quickly and intensely for a long duration, you said. like what That I'm not sure about for me, but maybe I'm not understanding it well. That's because your secondary prior, or your, your Yeah, is sanguine, I think. Yeah. So, but um, for a caller, gosh, I'm trying to think of a good movie character. That reacts quickly and intensely for a long duration. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to come up with okay. one. But a good example um, would be you went a vacation and a choleric is going to react intensely. They're going to react quickly. They're so excited. Yep. They're going to immediately call people that they know and say, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. Yep. I won this vacation. I'm so excited about it. This is great. And then they're going to continue to talk about it until long after the vacation is over. Yep. That excitement is going to continue to yep. last in them. So just for the sake of my understanding, do you think that describes me? 
I think you react quickly yes. and intensely. Yes. I don't think it's for a long duration of time. Agreed. Which okay. is a sanguine. When we get to that, okay. you'll see okay. they react quickly, intensely, and okay. for a short period of time. Okay. Okay. So, and you give some examples of just wonderful examples. Well, one wonderful example of people, <laughs> historical figures. You're so offended are, by this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that are cholerics, you share this wonderful temperament with Hitler. Yay. Hitler is a prime example of a choleric. Um, dictators in general, strong leaders, yeah. though. That's really, they use Hitler as an example because Hitler was good in the in the sense that he led people, people followed right, him. Right, right, um, So he did that he well. He was a powerful leader. He was a powerful leader, right. exactly. And that's what we're looking at. But St. Paul is another yeah. example. People followed St. Paul. Right. Um, he was intense. He was kind of hardcore in many yep. ways, um, but people followed him and they yep. trusted him. He was a great leader. Okay. So, okay. St. Paul, if that makes you feel better. All right. <laughs> Much better. If I... So, and then you really, some helpful, uh, at the end, something really helpful, like giving the example, if whoever has a choleric for, in my case, if I'm a choleric, some, so, some, I don't know, recommendations, ideas, tips on how my wife could love me better, which yes. she needs to do. I mean, oh my seriously. Gosh. Does she listen to this? Because... <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't, don't start. I'm going to have to send her this one and make sure she listens to it. The thing that I do love about the temperaments though, is that it's easy to figure out ways to love those of a different temperament than you yeah. because you have to figure out what motivates them. Right, right. So um, in the last one, we we, re we discussed this very, very br briefly at the end, but we'll unpack it a little bit more here. Um, in order to love a choleric, so if you know somebody that fits this choleric temperament, they're dynamic, they're direct, they're hardworking, they're strong leaders, they're productive, they're enthusiastic, all of those things. Yep. Um, good ways to love them, expressing appreciation for their unique achievements. Um, they might appear indifferent about it. That's the funny thing about a choleric. Yep. They might kind of like let it brush over their shoulders, but trust me, they hear you. Um, showing them loyalty, cholerics really, really um, appreciate loyalty. Okay. Challenging them, um, challenge them to grow in empathy. They can kind of be powerhouses and continue because they're so motivated by an idea or an objective or, an, a, goal, or a goal. Sometimes they can forget to look at the people surrounding the situation. Right. Um, and therefore, they lack empathy. Okay. So challenging them in their empathy and then encouraging them to just find time to relax. Okay. Um, because they can be go-getters, go-horses, um, they forget to take time to be. Okay. Um, so saying things like, hey, your idea is great. They appreciate that. Or I think this is a great plan. Let's make sure that it's the best one before we start. Because a choleric will get an idea in their head and think, oh, best plan, ready, set, go. Execute okay. the plan. Yep. Making sure that you say, what's the best plan? And then also encouraging them, if you're if this is in a work environment, if a lot of bosses tend to be choleric. Okay. Um, saying, you know, should we ask what the rest of the team thinks before we move forward? Encouraging them, challenging them to hear everybody else out. Gotcha. Great so, ways and, to love a choleric. And, and and so maybe one of the things there, a challenge for a choleric can be to set the right goals. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important mm -hmm. to make sure, like you said, the example you gave. Exactly. Make sure it's the best plan before we start. Yes. Okay. Because they get an idea and they kind of, their react their immediate reaction is to go with the first okay. idea they have. Gotcha. Yep. So melancholic. Okay. So melancholic, um, you can think of the word melancholy to help you remember this. Um the characteristics, excuse me, they tend to be introverted. They really value the ideal. Um, 
They have a tendency towards introversion, and they're given to solitude and reflection. They really enjoy quiet time, time away. Um, they're motivated by a goal, an objective, a principle, similar to a choleric. Yep. They react slowly, but increasingly intense for a long duration of time. So remember, the choleric tended to react really quickly and for a long period of time. The melancholic is going to, when something happens, they're going to be kind of slow to react. Okay. They're going to feel out the situation. They're going to really watch. They're going to observe. Okay. And then that feeling is going to last for a long time. Okay. I can think of like three melancholics in my life that this is so true of. They, when something happens, they're, they're kind of people that I'm like, why aren't you excited about this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're like, no, I, I am excited about it. I am excited about it. And then like... Five weeks later, they'll be like, hey, do you remember that? That was really, really great. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that it, it lasts for a long period of time. So strengths of a melancholic, they're they're very consistent people. Like you can count on them. They're faithful. Um, they're attentive to detail. They're thoughtful. They're pious. They're compassionate. And they're really well organized. Okay. I always laugh when I read about melancholics because it's like so not my temperament. <laughs> um, their weaknesses, they, they really long for perfection. And sometimes that can actually create in a melancholic this like lack of confidence because their uh, reality doesn't match up to their ideal of their perfection. Okay. They sweat the small stuff. They can kind of get worked out, worked up. Um, They're prone to pessimism. They're a little bit, they can be a little bit self-absorbed because they're tending to introversion. Um, And sometimes they're, this is so funny, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast, but they can be discouraged by physical ailments. Right. So if you've ever known somebody that's like frequently, like really um, discouraged by the stomach ache, by the headache, by an ache in their arm or back, whatever, like, and they're, they kind of dwell on it. And you're Mm -hmm. like, what's your deal? Mm -hmm. It's because they're actually, they tend towards introversion. So for me, that like annoys me. I'm like, you're fine. Get over it kind of thing. Like it's people have suffered worse things, but the reality is that they really feel those things so deeply. So their pain is real. It's gotcha. It's deep. Okay. St. Therese. Of the Sioux, the little flower. Yeah. Yep. Great example. Um, I haven't, I've only read like one book of, on Therese, so I, I feel like I don't know her so well, but like the um, inner contemplative life and almost some people have accused Therese of scrupulosity. Yeah. It's because she values the ideal. Gotcha. Yep. That makes when sense. It doesn't make, when it doesn't match up. Hamlet to be or not to be. Mm. That is the question. Okay. Okay. Very introspective. You know, he, he wasn't real. You Right. I know, but you asked me for a TV oh, yeah, character right. earlier. Okay, fine. So, <laughs> loving the melancholic, um, provide opportunities for solitude and reflection. So, if you're married to a melancholic, if your child is a melancholic, if your best friend is a melancholic, here are some ways that you can like just totally love on them. Are you okay. ready? Provide opportunities for solitude and reflection. Strive to be organized and fair. So, this is a great example. Um, Another one of our coworkers is melancholic, pretty melancholic, I think. Um, and actually, no, he's not. I'm rethinking <laughs> this. But um, for me, one of the ways that I can like love him and serve him better in our workplace is to strive to be more organized. Okay. If yep. that, that's a good example. Yep. Um, 
Don't procrastinate the big things. The melancholics want to do the first things first. Yep. They get frustrated when we're worrying about the small little other details if there's this huge elephant in the room that's not being taken care of. Watch for the melancholic release. We yeah, talked you about it. Last a, time. Yeah, we mentioned it a little bit. Um, and I think this is hilarious. But, and I've actually seen this melancholics will, because they're so tended to introversion, they'll go through a period of time where everything seems fine, they're doing well. Um, and then it, like, they can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, explodes out their heart Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so oftentimes melancholics will have these like little meltdowns and they've named it this the melancholic dump or the melancholic release Release. okay um so keep them healthy keep them balanced that's a great way to love them um melancholics are great observers they're watching constantly so encouraging them to share their observation um saying that's really helpful thank you for sharing um I i agree we need your help affirming them in that way and then melancholics um, asking them, how can I help you get started? Gotcha. Getting them the the go ahead to move okay. forward. Okay. Loving the melancholic. Make sense? Yep. I don't get melancholics. Okay. <laughs> so sanguine. This okay. is what I think is maybe one of your other primary okay. or secondary. All right. Characteristics. You're a people person. They tend to be adventuresome. They tend to be optimistic, outgoing, sensual. And eager to please. Sensual in the sense that they receive stimuli through the senses. Yep. Um, they're motivated by people. Yep. I'm very sanguine. Okay. I, I'm i a people pleaser to the max. Yep. I'm motivated by people. Um, and I react quickly, but for a short period of time. I get really excited. That's great. Like hobbies for sanguines are really tough because we mm. get excited about learning how to play the piano. We practice the piano for two weeks and then we don't do it anymore. Yep. Yep. Like I've tried every instrument. I guarantee you. <laughs> So I get excited, but it just doesn't last very okay. long. It's for a short period of time. Strengths of a sanguine, ability to live in the present. They're high-spirited. They're fun-loving. They're compassionate. They tend to be good team workers. They like to work on a team, and they're eager to please. Okay. They want they want to do well. Their weaknesses, they lack follow-through. They can tend towards superficiality. Um, they're, they have some inconsistency. And that sensuality can also be a weakness. Okay. Um, sanguines might struggle with things like overeating or overconsumption of et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, they tend to speak before they think <laughs> and they're frequently late. Okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Ms. Hoffman? Oh, it just, they get me. Mm. They get me. So those are, those are 10, those tend to be some of the strengths and the weaknesses of okay. a sanguine. Okay. Colonel Dolan, great example of a sanguine okay. man. Gotcha. Um, and I, there's this picture of him of like this beaming smile and waving and shaking hands with everybody, just very sanguine. Okay. Um, again, high spirited, fun, loving, good team worker. Yep. That kind of thing. Love. What were you going to ask? So would there, and, and in another figure, real or fake? Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Great example. Like he's always bouncing in and wanting to hang out with everybody. It's okay. actually been a long time since I've watched Winnie the Pooh, so I can't think of any specific examples that, of him. That's fair. But um, yeah, even when you look at pictures of Tigger, he looks sanguine. Like he just wants to be around people. So um, how do you love them? Don't make them do the finances. <laughs> You think I'm kidding, but I'm totally serious. This is one thing that in um, the temperament God gave you, they talk about in order to love the sanguine, don't make them do the finances. Um, Make joy a priority. Sanguines thrive on joy. They need laughter. They need joyful environments. 
Um, they also like affection. Mm-hmm. They feel really loved by affection more mm-hmm. than most. Um, help them to not overextend themselves because they're people persons. They want to please people. They're going to be, yes, 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 I can do this. I can yep. do this. I can do this. Challenge them to not overextend themselves and then encourage them to follow through. They'll okay. get excited about something, but again, that excitement doesn't last for a long period of time. It's just not what, what, what their preference is or what's natural to them. So encourage them to follow through. You can say things, um, again, like, I love your idea. Just that affirmation. Let's work on this together. Let's set up a timeline. That's yep. a great way to love a sanguine. Okay, um, okay honey, that's a, I love that you want to remodel our kitchen. Um, I love your ideas. That sounds really great. Let's work on this together. When do you want to get it done by? When should we get it done yeah. by? All right, let's set up a timeline for when we need to order cupboards, when we need to buy a new fridge, whatever you're doing. Give them timelines. So I can say, by the way, before we move on to the last type, I can see why you would have thought choleric and sanguine. And I, th- I think you were right with your first guesstimate that I'm probably primarily choleric and secondarily sanguine. Like there are definitely aspects of a sanguine that makes that, but there are more like the, the percentage of the sanguine characteristics that you went through mm-hmm. was that, I, that felt like described me are mm-hmm. fewer than of the, than the choleric. The choleric. Yep. So I, 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 yep. I think you're probably right. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. And for our listeners that, that listen to this podcast frequently start paying attention because you're going to be able to see i think chris the things that you say that you do that show your choleric nature and your sanguine nature yep so yeah that's just yeah anyway should we do the last one one more all right phlegmatic (laughs) i love flags i'm sanguine and phlegmatic by the way okay so as you're if this is for i don't know how many of you would would know me but as you're listening it might be helpful Phlegmatic, their characteristics, they tend to be reserved, prudent, reflective, non-confrontational, peaceful, calm. Okay. Um, they're motivated by people, similar to the sanguine. So again, the, the two big differences, cholerics and melancholics, motivated by an idea, an yep. objective, a goal. I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to do that. Phlegmatics and sanguines, motivated by people. My wife wants me to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> That's terrible. But you know what I mean? Like I, or yeah. I want to be around for my children. So therefore I'm going to start exercising yep. frequently. I'm motivated by people. Their reaction is going to be slow and shallow. So what does that mean? That's not a bad thing. First of all, I, the, for those of you that would, that might know Father Jordan Sampson in our diocese, he's a great example of a phlegmatic. He's, he's slow to react. He's not going to be like in your face, excited about something. And it's not necessarily going to last a long time. Okay. Um, just they're very like even keeled, relaxed, laid back individuals. Okay. Their strengths, they're loyal, they're committed, they're dependable. Um, when you ask them for something, they're going to be there. Okay. They have a knack for diffusing tense situations, which is a huge gift, I think, of, of phlegmatic people. Um, because they're just kind of whatever, you know, they're like, let's not get our knickers on the twit about this. Okay. Where cholerics are like, no, it needs to be this way. And sanguines <laughs> are like, but I want to hang out with the people. And melancholics are like, okay, I'm watching this. I'm not going to say anything, but I know that that plan's not going to work. Um, they're slow to anger. They're clear. They're concise. They're thoughtful in what they say. Um, they're patient. They're considerate. They're peacekeepers. Okay. Their weaknesses, um, they can tend to avoid things. Um, sometimes they appear to lack interest because they're just laid back. Yep. Kind of whatever. Um, sometimes they seem detached in relationships, though once that relationship is established, 
phlegmatics make incredibly loyal partners or friends. Um, they may struggle focusing on their work and sometimes they're unmotivated. Okay. So historically, who would fit into these categories? I don't quite know the connection in this, but a lot of people say that Thomas Aquinas okay. was a phlegmatic, very peacekeeping, whatever. I mm. actually, when I think of Aquinas, I think of a choleric, okay. but um, that's what they say. Another good example, though, if you've seen Finding Nemo, the turtle crush. Yeah. You know, you know <laughs> yeah, what I'm talking about? The big turtle, the yep. sea turtle. Yep. Righteous, dude. Yep. You know, like he is super phlegmatic, like yep. doesn't get worked up about too many things. Really easygoing, laid back. Bill, our sound guy, phlegmatic. Okay. <laughs> Just like, yeah, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Gotcha. A okay. good way to love the phlegmatic, though, offer them a lot of affirmation. Bill, you're doing an awesome job, by the way. <laughs> Did you see how I did that? You said, dude, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you're doing so good. Give them time to relax. Um, foster supportive and inspiring discussions for them and then keep on motivating them. Okay. Um, motivation. Saying things like, you are key to this team. Um, you did great on this project. And then even reminding them to look at the big picture because sometimes they can kind of um, lack that. Okay. If you will. Yep. So little things like that. Um, continue to encourage them to to be the calm one under pressure, to be the peacekeeper. Look to them in those situations and allow them to lead them. All That's right. a great way to love right. a choleric. Excuse me, love a phlegmatic. Um, are we almost out of time? We have about two minutes to go. Okay. What do you have to say in two minutes? Is this fascinating? Is this helpful? I, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can. Yes, it is. What? Well, just together with the Myers Briggs, uh, having talked about that, and then talking about this, I can just again the, the whole thing of knowing yourself. And we talked about this last time: knowing your faults mm-hmm. and living. That quote from Saint Augustine that you'd given. Um, and and then being aware of those your you who in your family you work with who you minister to yeah being aware of of the the, the temperaments and how to love them yeah um, I can yeah. see that just just in in relationships yep which we all have relationships um, but especially yeah. as disciples of Jesus Christ how helpful that could be absolutely yeah absolutely and I think the reality that. Um, so often when we fail to recognize that people are created differently than we are, our first inclination is frustration, annoyance. You know, I look at marriages, the the reality of how many marriages are struggling because of lack of understanding of their spouse. They think that they're out to get them. No, they're not. They're just made of a different temperament. So the last, the, the last, one of the last quotes in this book that I just think was so helpful. He said, when we understand our temperaments, we can begin to master those inclinations or untoward reactions that might throt our growth in virtue and hmm. love. Start overcoming those things that th- that that hinder right. our growth in virtue and love. Start yep. overcoming those weaknesses. Okay, cool. So thirty seconds. The last thing to say. Let's see now. What are you? You are quick to resp- do. You get over. What'd you say? Sanguine and phlegmatic. Yeah. Quick to respond. I get excited, and then it doesn't last very long. Okay. So I'll be like really excited about this podcast when we're done, and then tonight when I get home, I'll be like, oh yeah, it was all right. Um, <laughs> that is totally you. I know. Oh my god. I know. See, but I'm, it's amazing. I'm, but I'm with. I, I understand that actually. Um, but if you if you're interested in learning more, you can actually take temperament tests online. If you're going through some of these strengths and weaknesses, and you say, oh, I don't really know. Find it online, take a test. It's so helpful. Great. Thank you, Emily.
Thanks, Chris. You bet. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet us at sfdiocese hashtag ignition with any thoughts, questions, or topics for, for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.